Redefining narratives and shifting perspectives. This is Story Noir. Welcome to chapter 14 of the Story Noir podcast. I'm your host, Opal, and I'll be facilitating a conversation with Miss Tristan Marcel. She's described as an R&B singer and songwriter from Louisville, Kentucky, and she's a classically trained violist and jazz vocalist who experiments with a blend of influences that range from Sarah Vaughan to Aaliyah to Alicia Keys. And she recently performed at Sounds Underground at UC Berkeley's Zellerbach Hall, woo woo. And she did an amazing job. And that's how we ended up connecting and forging this friendship. And so without further ado, Tristan, thank you so much for coming on the pod. <laughs> Hello, thank you for having me. Yes, absolutely. Well, tell me about how you got from Louisville, Kentucky to Oakland, mm -hmm. California and where some of your musical inspiration came from. I know you talked about growing up in the Black church. So what was that like throughout your childhood? Yeah, so um, yeah, I've been in music, like wrapped up in music for my entire life. Um, my grandmother is a singer, my father, my mother, both singers. Um, and I was in a children's choir, <laughs> probably from about four, whatever the youngest age that you had to be to be in children's choir in church is like when I started. So I was in a choir called God's Creation. Um, and yeah, have just been around music my entire life. Um, I, my granny, for a while of my childhood, we were like, you know, attached to the hip. She would always just be taking me around town to whatever she was doing. She was also a hairdresser, so she was always in some stuff. But I mean, I would sit in on like her rehearsals. She lay, uh, leads the choir at her church. Um, and yeah, so I started playing viola when I was 10 um, in elementary school. Um, and I think like a lot of like a lot of students, like our music education programming wasn't that great. We had like one 20 minute class a week. <laughs> um, and that was basically my experience um, up until high school. Um, and I went to a performing arts high school in Louisville called Youth Performing Arts School. Um, it's a magnet school attached to, I'm gonna brag a little bit, it's the number one high school in the state of Kentucky. Period, because I also went to the number one high school in my <laughs> district. So us smart girls better care. speak up. Let, let them, <laughs> so what kind of high school was it? What was, um, so was it, it like was high school musical or what, or the new school or what are we, what are we thinking of? I mean, I, I would say it was kind of like that, you know, we had, um, it was a magnet school. So like I was in the performing arts magnet. There was also like a communications uh, magnet. There was a visual arts magnet, uh, math science and technology. But yeah, I stayed um, at the performing arts school. We had like a separate campus. We had, you know, our music classrooms. We had the buildings that had, you know, the stages in them. So yeah, I mean, it was, it was a great experience. I think um, it was, really awesome to be around a lot of different music at such a young age like I was um playing viola so I was in orchestra but we had you know the band room right next to us um, and a lot of my friends were in band and were in marching band I had friends that were in musical theater um we got to play in the pit for all the musicals so like we were playing you know sometimes pop music and musical music so um it was just really great for the exposure that we got like there was just so many different types of music that I was exposed to. And I think that that laid like a really good foundation for just the possibilities um, with a music career. Um, I did for a long time pursue um, 
like classical quote unquote like stereotypical string instrument career like wanting to be in an orchestra and wanting to play classical music but I think um I always had the understanding that there were just like so many other options with what I could do for music so um I ended up going to the Blair School of Music in Nashville, Music City, um, and that's attached to Vanderbilt University. So I have a degree in viola performance from Vanderbilt. Um, and I think by the time that I had graduated undergrad, I knew that I wanted to play viola and I knew that I wanted to be a musician, but I didn't want to go to grad school for it. I think mm. a lot, it was just yep. such a stressful experience, like just watching everybody practice for auditions um, and to all the travel that was associated and like just just the stress I think of like constantly being graded and evaluated for something that's like supposed to bring you joy it was just like that's not what I wanted to do so I knew that I wanted to pursue music um, and didn't want to do that from Kentucky so um, I moved out to Oakland or I moved out to the Bay Area with um, my ex who's now still a really good friend but we moved out here um in 2018 um and i taught music for a little bit um while i was still you know doing auditions writing music but yeah i've been out here since 2018 trying to trying to do it <laughs> that's amazing and so i know that when oftentimes being in the church off like that's really the only music that one would listen to it's like no secular music you know, we can't be listening to the hip hop R&B and whatnot. And so because um, the fact that your parents were musicians, were they a little bit more open minded and straying away from that mindset that, you know, yeah. oftentimes people in the church yeah, have or like Alicia's <laughs> and um, we also do a lot of R. Kelly growing up, like, <laughs> like <sighs> problematic fave, um, super problematic. But yeah, my my dad was um, an R&B musician up until the time I was like, 10 like was in a band mm -hmm. um, so yeah we were always listening to like I was just always listening to whatever he liked um, yeah like we listened to um a lot of Sade in the car um we would listen to like Outkast like it was always just like whatever he was into musically whatever he was into sonically and like whatever he was trying to tap into like that's the music that was around so yeah. um yeah and then and then at the same time like I remember being like six and like asking my parents if we could listen to like the classical music radio station so like it's just always been um a really good mix um yeah. really, like, eclectic mix of music um which i'm really grateful for and so today with your confidence as an artist and kind of transitioning to putting yourself out there of course doing sounds underground and then performing across the bay area was that i would i would want to say say transition but you know being embodying that of an artist was that kind of difficult for you or was it more of like I've been doing this since I was a kid so like taking any stage is really you know a little less difficult for me mm. I wouldn't say it's less difficult I think um it was def there's definitely been a switch like this past year or so like I didn't start performing my own original music until May of this year um and so I think there is for me, like a big shift in terms of just like the vulnerability that it requires to get up on stage. Like, obviously anytime you're performing, there's that, um, I guess that hesitation or like that that second guessing of having people, um, you know, just listen to you and see, well, to see any mistake that you make. But I think there's that added layer of, will they like this thing that like, 
that I'm invested in? <laughs> Will they like this thing that that I like and that I've put a lot of not only like time into, but um, like emotions into? Um, yeah. So I think there has been a shift for me in terms of just thinking about how do I want to show up on stage? Um, and that's a different, it's a different, it's a different way to embody performing, I think, when I'm performing my original music. Yeah, because with your process, I mean, I'm assuming you're writing your lyrics, you're of course thinking about like your stage set, which is something that we were talking about for Sounds Underground. And so what are the elements of the creative process that you're most interested in? I know, you know, the lyrical part is fun, but are you do you enjoy being on stage or what are some of those elements as a full-time artist that you enjoy? Ooh, I think make the making is always my favorite part. <laughs> I'm trying to get more into the performing. I think Sounds Underground was so much fun because um, I think that's the youngest audience that I've ever played for. And they were just so <laughs> like they were just down forever. Like every every person that was on stage, like they were excited, they were screaming, they were interacting. Um, and so that was really cool. Um, I think that really energized me um, to just like seek out more performances like that because yeah, I don't know. There's just like, there was just an innocence <laughs> and like just so much energy in the crowd um, that I really liked. And I, I really want to cultivate more of that um, and more of just like that audience interaction. Absolutely. Um, but in terms of like creative process, I think the, the most interesting part for me um, is, I want to say this like second phase of editing. So like usually when I have a song, um in mind there will be um like a very like rough demo that I do and then I have a friend down in LA who I produce with but I think the the most fun part of the process is like after we have the demo and after we've talked a little bit is like going back and like just tweaking things I think like I think the way that he describes it and the way that we try to think about um like our musical process together is like really letting the song tell you what it is. And I think that's just like such a fun process is like what sounds want to be in this thing and like what words make sense and what musical decisions can I make to, to make this thing more of what it is. And that's a really cool process of discovery. Yeah. And so have you given thought to maybe dropping an album or an EP or like, what is that process like? Cause I myself have no idea what that kind of undertaking would be like yeah. thinking about publishing books and whatnot, but I'm sure it kind of translates similar to, to music making. So tell yeah. me about that. So I have an EP out right now. Um, it's called self-titled. Um, and that one was a little haphazard. Um, I won't say haphazard. I, I had planned to release it for a while, but it was three songs that I just had put together. They weren't like really connected in any way. Um, and that process was really fun for me to think about just in terms of like the music business side, because thinking about like what time I should release things, what day of the week I should release things, like how, how you know, spaced out should my singles be from like the full release, that was a really cool experience. Um, but I am releasing, I'm working on a new EP right now that's almost done. Um, I will have um, a single out this fall um and then the whole project i'm planning to release in early next year um and it's been really cool the second time around because um i just have more experience under my belt and it's been easier for me to think about this as like an actual project i think the first project that i dropped was again just like three songs that i had under my belt three songs that were done i wasn't really thinking about how they fit together as a story but this time 
around um, just being able to be more intentional. Um, I feel like there's a lot more like um, just clarity in the way that my musical voice shines through. I like the lyrics a lot better. It just feels like more like me. So um, I think I'm excited by um, just how much easier this process has felt. And so I'm excited for like now the next project, like how much more comprehensive and how much more like cohesive will the next project be now that I have um, this project that I'm working on releasing. No, absolutely. And I would love for some of the listeners who might not be super familiar with what we did at Sounds Underground. And I'm curious from like the artists and the participate participation standpoint, like what that experience was like. I'll start for me, what I saw as the producer, um, the night of just the energy of the room, everybody just seemed like, like you said, that young kind of vibe, like everyone, we were kind of in the same similar age group. Um, people were cutting up on the couch, talking, you know, exchanging Instagrams, just very natural. It seemed very vibey. I honestly felt like we could have just forgotten the crowd and just like performed amongst ourselves. But as an artist, what was that um, process like from going from even um, submitting your application to be at the showcase and then to, of course, performing on the stage? A to Z, what is that like? Mm -hmm. um, I mean, the I think the best part of that night, I'll kind of work backwards, but the best part of that night was just seeing how many different types of talent were in the room. I think um, when uh, we were all on the Zoom, there was like a Zoom that had been like the week before, we were like going through logistics and it was like, okay, that was the first time I got to see everybody's face. Um, and like, at that point we were like exchanging Instagrams, like you kind of check out people's vibes. But I think like the night of the performance, just seeing how different everyone's performance was, but just how amazing everybody's performance was. I think what I was filled with was just like a sense of gratitude, like to be in community with so many talented people um, and so many people who like take this art seriously and take their art seriously. Um, so I think it was also, yeah, just like a great moment of community building. Like you said, I feel, I feel like we could have just stayed in the back, <laughs> back of it and just performed for each other and people would have been fine. but. Um, yeah, I think the application process, you said that y'all had over, what, like a hundred people? <laughs> we had a hundred, over a hundred, like inbound. And then mm -hmm. because of the fact that it was on the UC Berkeley campus, we had to take like extra, extra measures, both security wise and security, you know, securing the building, but just like monitoring for hate speech and themes that, yeah. you know, might influence the students. So it was like a very rigid process with how we, um, went through it. And when we started um, with working with UC Berkeley, like we were like, okay, this is a great event venue. And they were kind of like, oh, you know, go forth and do what you please. And we're like, okay, great. But then they were like, oh, we have all these rules and parameters. Like yeah. we didn't necessarily think we would have, you know, of course we're going to go through all of the entries, but we had to really comb through them to make sure that there were no themes of anything. Yeah. And so having that much of a hands-on process in hindsight, I'm really grateful that we were able to do it in the meantime, in the time, at the time, I was just like really frustrated, but I understood that level of it was great though, you know, our small but mighty team really um, came through and, you know, was able to curate a really wonderful night. And so um, it was a first for all of us um, involved and it was just really great again that we got the right people, um, mm -hmm. which was because of that, that tight vetting process. And then um, as you said, using the term community building, I think that that, that was, that really captures that essence of what I saw it was like everyone getting together, 
that's how you run a good show is when you when you kind of don't have ego playing you know you have people collaborating talking about you know let me help hype you up here let me help hype you up there and so um as I've communicated more with Taylor we're like we really want to make this a thing because the artist like that artist synergy is definitely not something that is easy to come by it has to be very natural so I'm, I'm just so glad and I was so happy to see y'all like y'all did like, an amazing job curating because I feel like the vibes were there like both in terms of like again like the quality of the music and the caliber of the music and the effort that people were putting into it but then also the energy that was in the room I feel like everybody was so yeah. just loving and everybody was so encouraging um and everybody was listening like you come back uh to backstage after your performance and like people clap for you again and then yes. you don't always get that so yeah um, it was a really beautiful experience we we really did our best to to do that and so we'll we'll definitely carry those vibes to the next shows and so um, what's funny is when I saw you, um, specifically you, and I would say like Il Nye, I like looked, I was like, dang, why do we look alike? Because like <laughs> piercing, the lot, the tattoos, I was like, oh my Lord, like this is great because I feel seen, but I just like yeah. laughed to myself because I was like, wow, we're, we we all find each other as mm -hmm. as they say, like daddies link up. And <laughs> just what I just had to tell you when I saw you, I was like, damn. I am a stereotype in a good way. But like, <laughs> right. like, damn. And like, even here on the, the piercing, the big old yeah. rings, like, dang. On, on the call, like, even right now, for folks who can't see, it's like, we we have, you know, it's giving sister, <laughs> giving cousin in, in the best way, though, because, you know, we often say, like, especially as, you know, Black women, we don't have a lot of representation. <laughs> and so when it's yeah. like the Spider Man meme of, like, wait, why do you look like <laughs> me? And why do I look like you? It's like, okay come your cousin like let's let's make something Absolutely. of it and so I think that connection is always just I just laugh to myself because it's like you can go to Oakland walk down the street and find my doppelganger right in the in the best way so I thought that that was cool but um I wanted to talk more about music the intersection of music mental health and spirituality yeah. tell me what yeah. that brings up when I name those three things um so much I feel like I have been on just like I will say a journey of like self-discovery um since I moved out here like all of my family is still in Kentucky obviously um well not obviously but all my family is still back in Kentucky and so I'm out here I won't say by myself I have built some community but not with any of my the people that I grew up with and the people who I have like you know really foundational relationships so it's been really important for me, I will say like the past two years in particular to um, to think about like why, why I'm in Oakland um, and what were the reasons that drove me out here. Um, I think the pandemic especially was just really hard on my mental health. Um, for context, I was, like I said, when I first moved out here, I was a music teacher. Um, I was still pursuing music full time. I was teaching at like three different locations all throughout the Bay and like still doing gigs and still um, doing auditions. And like all that shut down during the pandemic, like um, I, I was teaching virtually for a little bit, but um, I mean, anyone, anyone who teaches anything knows that like virtual didn't work. And then on top of that, like they were trying to get me to teach elementary kids how to play violin over Zoom. And it's like the seven year old does not is not interested in this violin right now. Um, <laughs> so 
So, I mean, I, I kind of had to shift my whole life around in order to make money. Like I started um, working at a nonprofit that I really love in Oakland um, in 2020. Um, and I'm still in nonprofit work um, to pay the bills. But for a long time, I was just working a desk job um, to make money. And so the past, like I said, year and a half or so has been me rediscovering like rediscovering the option of making music as a career, like really reinvesting in that because I didn't realize how how far away I had pivoted from that, from the, pan, uh, from the pandemic. And so um, getting back into making music and writing music and the biggest thing has been like sharing my music has been a really big part of um, just coming back to myself <laughs> and um, just rerouting in like the reasons that I left home um, and getting, I think, re-energized, I think, um, to re-energized to pursue music more fully. Um, I think the last time that I went home for the holidays is kind of when I got a big jolt because I saw my little cousins and they were like not so little anymore and I was like I'm missing birthdays and I'm missing graduations and I'm missing prom and I'm out in Oakland so I need to like I, I really need to recommit to that so the past year or so has been um, me figuring out how to do both how to work this nonprofit job this day job um, while still making time to create and making time to to share what I create um and that's been really healing um i didn't realize how just how isolated i had been during the pandemic and how much of that carried into the way that i was still interacting with people like i was still not um not seeking out opportunities to to link up with people not seeking out opportunities to even like build community with people because i've been so isolated for so long so um sharing my music has been a really big part of just opening myself up back to community and back to like the the possibility of being vulnerable and like being perceived by people. Yeah, and building community and using your music as a way to do that. What does that look like embodying it? I know you touched on it a little bit, but like, is it, hey, let's do a listening party with a bunch of friends and get some snacks together? Is it, you know, having a session with, you know, a couple close friends, you know, getting them together and their respective music? Um, abilities or what what is that like or is it a mix of all of the things I think it, it will be a mix of all of the things I'm still figuring it out um like I just started like I said I just started performing my own music in May of this year and I think um just like in the Oakland performing community you start to see like a lot of the same faces at all the events PG Poppy Grande who is also at Sounds Underground um I see him at a lot of events we have an event together tonight <laughs> so you start hey, to build community and you start to recognize faces um and I think for me what's most encouraging is like that consistent group of people that you see from like event to event who you know um, are waiting for you when you get off the stage or you know who you can like hang out with and like share those nerves with before you get on the stage. Um, I'm still trying to figure out like what like collaboration looks like musically for me. Like it has been such a solo project process for me um, and such a personal thing. Um, like I'm trying to figure out like how do other people fit into that. <laughs> but yeah. Hopefully, uh, hopefully that reveals itself to me just as I, you know, 
as I just build more authentic relationships with the people that I'm performing in the community with in Oakland. And that's what I really wanted to take away from, you know, with the Sounds Underground experience, just going back to that for one more time of like, how do people kind of those introverted extroverts, like I felt like I identify with and you do as well of like, I'll come out and show out with my music in the right space and then I'll go back into my shell. Exactly. Like, what does the environment have to be like in order to be able to, to do that and feel safe when doing it and being in a space that, you know, allows for it. And so I'd say, you know, continue to put yourself out there. As you said, you put it to the universe to, to bring you that space. I myself am too. So, you know, listen up because you're here today. Um, cause I think your, your vision for what you want to uh, manifest is definitely something that a lot of folks also have. So it's, it's going to come to fruition. And so I think that leads to my next question of like, what, what are you working on? What, what is kind of next for you? Um, now that you're putting yourself out there, um, even from May until today, you've seen the beautiful, pro- the beautiful results. So how does that motivate you for the way forward? Yeah, I think the biggest thing is just staying on stage is so easy to get um, for me personally, like in my head about um, is my music good enough? Am I like doing it enough? Does it sound good? Do people like it? And I think performing is just always such a great reminder that like the quality of the music, yes, does matter, but also like I'm doing this to share myself and I'm doing this to connect with other people. And so um, my biggest priority right now is just like how can I be on stage as as often as is possible for my little introverted self like how much can I handle um in terms of just like practicing that skill of vulnerability because I think that ultimately like the more vulnerable that I'm comfortable being like the more courageous I will be like vulnerability and courage are like two sides of the same coin for me and so just learning to like build that muscle um is what I'm working on um I have some shows coming up later this month. So um, I don't know if you know DAM events, um, dance, and, dance, art, music events. They um, host have events to... throughout the Bay. Okay. But they have one um, on September 30th. It's going to be at 7th West. It's called DAM Grown. So it's a little, it's going to be a little sultry. I don't know if you, I'll show you like the marketing for it. It's like- no, I, I, well, <laughs> definitely. I'll put it in the show notes as well. And nice. um, a link to your, your Instagram page. Cause I definitely, you know, that's the intention of having this platform is to get folks to come through and support. So awesome. uh, yeah. definitely. And then I know you're doing the block party with Taylor TBD. Yes. yes. And that is also on September 30th. So yes. I was, I was just about to That'll be a full day for me. Yes, that one is from 11 to 4. And then the DM is like later at night. It's from 8 to midnight. So um, I'm going to do the, I think it's the West Oakland. Um, Community Action Network. And the reason I know that is because we're working in collaboration. So. Okay, awesome. When I saw your name, I was so excited. I was I'm like, really excited for that too, because it's going to be yeah. a live band. I always love playing with a live band. Yeah. And the, kind of what you were saying earlier about bringing the young folks. That's mm-hmm. that's why we need to have Endeavorani <laughs> and like a couple of other people because you know as we know being in the Oakland community space it's great we love the elders but we also got to get the young folks too yeah we, we got to change it up a little bit and we, we need spaces get... where like all of it is the same right exactly. like where like we are all in space together and sharing like intergenerational community like building intergenerational community exactly so appreciate it. the intergenerational is definitely key in order to make it like even sustainable too so um yes definitely you know I'm glad to see that you are booked and busy and then Thinking about um, different big stages, I saw on Instagram, you went to Renaissance. 
tell me about that spiritual experience oh my goodness um Beyonce is like unreal like how is how is any one person that talented I just don't I don't understand um it was beautiful it was also the night of the super blue moon um here in the bay area our night what was it september or august 30th was our night um yeah it was just such a beautiful experience like even just walking up to um the stadium like the moon was like at the lowest point in the sky and so it was like the huge full moon everybody's in their silver like it's just a bunch of like beautiful like black queer people walking up to to just have this amazing experience um she is so inspiring just as a performer i don't know how anybody can sing that um that technically <laughs> and that like enthusiastically for two hours and then she's also dancing and then she's also hitting all these marks on the stage and she's also doing all these outfit changes like i just from like a technical standpoint it's like how is any one person <laughs> capable of doing this um yeah it was a super inspiring night um honestly i've <laughs> walked out of there feeling like i could do the same thing like she's just like her energy is you can girl and did <laughs> and did so, so that was an amazing experience. I will definitely, the next time we'll be paying to be, if you know, she tours again, God willing. Be down <laughs> You'll be her opener. What do you mean? You'll be the Personally opener. Invited. Personally invited is what yes. I'm manifesting. In the, in, the, in the Ivy Park lounge or like right. in Club Renaissance. I, I just, I'm just getting what I said off of Instagram. <laughs> but that's what I've heard. It's like, that's where to be is Club Renaissance VIP. So that's really, really cool. And so because this is, you know, the story of our podcast and we got our inception based off of books, what are some books that you have been reading as of late? And can you recommend a few for the listeners? Can I recommend some books? Okay. Uh, my reading has been... <laughs> it's okay. There's no shame. There. No I've shame. I've been trying to get through seven days of June for the past four months. Um, but I think the last book that I finished was, um, ooh, Somebody's Daughter. Have ooh. you read this? Okay. It's Ashley Ford. Um, yeah. Of this woman who is, she's from the Midwest. I forget what the city is, but, um, it is her experience growing up just like as a black girl in the Midwest, um, mm -hmm. and her father is in jail for most of her life. Um, and so it's a memoir just of her story with her mother, um, with, with navigating um, the dynamics with her mother, her dynamics with um, the men that she's in relationship with and just how all of that is impacted by um, her relationship or lack thereof with her father. So um, that was a really good book that I recently read. Um, I've been into audiobooks. I read, uh, listened to Will Smith's audiobook recently. That was really good. Have you read it? Um, I haven't read it. I wanted to. Uh, people mm -hmm. were sending it to me after the whole incident last year. Yes. Like, <laughs> you should go read his book. I'm like, like they, they were basically asked me to read it to like antagonize on Instagram. I'm like, no, I, I <laughs> eventually, <laughs> but I heard it was, uh, I heard it was a good book. And then Jada is coming out with a book um, later this year as well. So I'm curious to know more about what she has to say yeah, so we we well, might pay it. Forget. 
like um all about love is one that i read at the beginning of this year Bella. yes it's like i mean i feel like everybody who reads it just knows like it is such <laughs> a pivotal book for just just learning so much about yourself I yeah um the thing is i have read it but it's and for people who aren't familiar with it it's one of those books that i would say you don't necessarily read in order from like cover to cover you kind mm -hmm. of read the different chapters or like you'll be going through something in your life and you'll be like i remember that one quote so like mm -hmm. let me go back and refer to you know page 29 of right. the book and so um i definitely i have my copy somewhere it's within arm's reach but it's definitely one of those things that you would go back to and reflect upon yeah. Of course, as a baddie lot, as a lot, <laughs> we of course need to have, that's our Bible exactly. for sure. Exactly. Like, that's, so you know. listening, yeah, if you haven't read All About Love, like. Get into it, yeah. <laughs> like, exactly. I'll put, I can even put the PDF in the notes. Yeah, it's that's required how. reading, honestly. Absolutely. And then any other, um, like, media platforms or, like, other podcasts and things that you listen to and want to um, potentially highlight while you're here? Oh, I mean, I'm always listening to The Read. That's like number one podcast, always. Um, another podcast that I've been really into lately, um, do you know Sham Boudram? She is yeah. a podcast. Um, I, love I forget what it's called. Um, um, uh, the, my, her book is The Game of Desire. Let me, mm -hmm. let me look it up real quick. Because um, I was just looking, I was just watching her. Mm -hmm. Um because I'd love to be on her podcast as well. I love it so much. Anytime she puts out like an open call, I'm like, ooh. Lovers and friends. Lovers and friends. Yeah. She's like, hey, lovers and friends. I don't agree with her, which is like an interesting- You said sorry? I, I don't always agree with her. I don't either. And But I don't know, she's just like, I just love the way that she presents her ideas and I feel like she has a lot of, she's really good at bringing in different perspectives. So like- Yeah. Um, I think that's also a really good piggyback off of all about love, just like the way that people get their their needs met in relationship with others, not even like in in necessarily romantic relationships, but like, you know, just the way we, we relate to each other. It's Absolutely. And as a community builder, like this is relationship building, like in and of itself, you connecting, you know, myself and like the listeners to other resources, that's community building, that's connection. And so uh, I think it's definitely better to embody it in more ways than just like the romantic context. But, mm -hmm. you know, you got to read all about love to understand that <laughs> for the people to know how did you arrive there? Well, yeah. you got to read the book. And so um, you had mentioned your upcoming performances and things, but is there anything else you want to highlight or ask as we wrap up? This has been a really great conversation, but I, I still want to give space if you had any questions or feedback. Um, yeah, I mean, if any of the listeners would want to check out my music, that's always the best way to support me. Add me to like your playlist and play me on your playlist, please, please, please. Um, like I mentioned, I have an EP out. It's called Self-Titled. Um, I also have a single out called Cotton Candy, which I also performed at Sounds Underground. Um, Cotton Candy is my favorite of the songs that I have out right now. So if you don't start with nothing else, start with Cotton Candy. Okay. Um, but yeah, I'm just really glad um, that you gave this opportunity to the performers. Um, it's been really nice to just talk to you and to like be able, because I feel like, you know, the night of the performance, like everyone was trying a little bit, but you know, yeah. trying to get where they, where they need to be. So it's no. really nice to, to actually talk. It's good to sit down for sure. And um, for people as well who will be tapping into your music, who who do you make music for? I know you make music for everybody, but is it like the girlies on, you know, on the pole? Is it for the girlies with mm. the, the ring light? Is it, you know, who who is the music for? Who's the I make audience? music 
for the lovers, you know, I make music okay. for the people who love love and love being loved and want to be loved on. I think. Okay, <laughs> in all forms, I love it. Okay, well, we're definitely, like I said, um, what I'd love to do is put a, a little sample at the end of the show, but um, where can we find your social media handles and do you mind spelling it out for the people so we don't yes. accidentally follow the wrong person? <laughs> So luckily I have had the same Instagram handle since I was like 12. <laughs> it's just my name. My name is Tristan Marcel um, and that's T-R-I-S-T-A-N-M-A-R-C-E-L-L-E. -L -L -E. um, so I'm at Tristan Marcel on all social media platforms. Um, my music is streaming on Spotify, it's streaming on Apple Music, it's streaming on Tidal. Um, and you can also buy my music on Bandcamp and on Apple Music um, if you are someone who likes to support artists by buying music. Also, okay. another great way to just support the artists that you love. Yes. If you really like a song, spend that one twenty nine. Bandcamp <laughs> link in the bio because that's yes. that's where we need to send the traffic to. Well, as I said, thank you so so much. I really look forward to seeing you again in person, performing at the block party, and then throughout the Oakland and Bay Area, and you know throughout the world. Because that's, yes. that's what we're bringing in. That's what we're calling in. And so, yeah, thank you. Thank you for coming through. Yeah, thank you for having me. Absolutely.